You are listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Welcome, 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 everyone. All of our campuses, we're so glad that you guys are here with us today. Everybody watching online or on the podcast or anything like that, we're so glad that you're here. Today is a special day in our Sermon on the Mount series as we zoom in on the Lord's Prayer. And we're gonna do something a little bit different today with it. We're not just going to teach on it. We're going to practice it. We're going to pray it together as a church. We're going to sing in practice of parts of it. We're going to take time to receive it, to be quiet, to pray these individual lines according to the way that Jesus taught us to pray in these lines. So that's what we're going to do together, you guys. So I know most campuses, we were just on our feet talking to each other, enjoying some fellowship. And uh, so I want to get us on our feet one more time to pray the Lord's Prayer out loud together. The best way to do that is gonna be to stand up. So would you join me, everybody? And let's do that. The words will be on the screen and it's right here from Matthew chapter six, verses nine and following. So join me, everyone, and let's pray as Jesus taught us like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. You guys think about your earliest memory of the Lord's Prayer. I mean, it's, it is the most familiar prayer maybe in history, thousands of years worth of billions of people praying this prayer through the centuries of, of our faith. I, I think about the, one of the first memories of, uh, for me was when I was in ninth grade playing on the JV basketball team at South Aiken High School, go thoroughbreds, respect. Um, and uh, we're in the locker room getting ready for our first game when we got our uniforms on and everything like that. We're all chatting. And the coach comes in and says, all right, you bleepity bleep, 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 shut up and let's pray. <laughs> Our Father, <laughs> we just dive right in. Our Father in heaven and everybody's mumbling, blah, 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 kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. All right, let's go. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of experience, I know some of you, if you play sports, you had that same experience. But the Lord's Prayer is kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance in some ways. I mean, it can get cold and lifeless and, you know, it was never meant to be that. Jesus draws us into this fresh experience today to dust off each one of these powerful lines. And as he is teaching us to pray, he's got something brand new for us. This was meant to be a tool for us in our everyday relationship with God. That's our, that's our heart and our vision here at New Spring Church is to see everyone everywhere in an everyday relationship with God. Jesus give, gives the Lord's Prayer to us as a gift to learn how to pray. It's like a key in a door that unlocks conversational friendship with God. So we're gonna pick up where Pastor Brad left last week as he walked through each one of these spiritual disciplines where there's reward in secret. And when we pursue God in conversational friendship, in intimacy with him, all of a sudden we find the reward of heaven flowing into our life here on earth. So let's look at the scriptures and see what Jesus had to say right before the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Check out verse seven of Matthew chapter six. It says this, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. 
prays in like this. So Jesus gives us his invitation not to pray exactly word for word all of these things, not to treat it like some cold piece of Mozart, no disrespect, I love Mozart, but to treat it like jazz, like John Coltrane or Miles Davis and to pray this line right here to, to give the melody a spin and then to improvise what happens next. Even C.S. Lewis treated this as a guide for prayer. Every single morning, he would take this, the, the writer of the Chronicles of Narnia, for those of you who didn't know, the C.S. Lewis, he would take this line and then pray it every single day. Start with one line and then, and then open his heart to God and then the next and then the next in like fashion. So that's what we're gonna do today too. So when we think about these first lines, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's what we're gonna take first. And in just a second, we're going to practice it by singing. So we're going to sing in response to God and practice these first, first lines. But let's take those first two lines and just see what maybe God has for us in them. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. How many of you guys grew up on Sesame Street? This was definitely for me. I feel like I, an entire generation of people learned to read because of Sesame Street. One of my favorite bits was that thing that Grover did where he goes, near, and then backs way up, far, and then near, and then far. I was wondering, I mean, that would always get you laughing. Our Father, near, in heaven, far. The opening line of the Lord's Prayer gives us a really clear glimpse of who it is we're praying to, which, by the way, is more important than what we're praying for. When we come to God, we do not come to him first as a far-off entity who does not have any intimate relationship with us. We come to him as Father. We are not alone. We are part of a family, our Father, he is the one who knows us, who cares for us, who provides for us, who is looking at every single detail of our lives and is, is passionately interested in all of it. That's who we're coming to. He is the one who is also in heaven. I mean, think about all of these pictures that are coming from the Webb telescope right now that are showing us in great detail the farthest stars in the universe. Our Father is the one who knows the names of all those stars. He flung them out into existence. He knows all of their names. He knows all of the distances and the temperatures and all of the mysteries of the universe. He is the one who is over all of it. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. When we get our minds right about who it is we're talking to, this whole thing opens up, this whole way of praying. Imagine it, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed just simply means to make holy or to give honor. It's this word that we think of, it's an old English word, but it means to just put at the highest place. And what name are we hallowing? What name are we hallowing? Is this, uh, God is known by many names. Which one? Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is a name worth hallowing in the earth. And so let's put this into practice, brothers and sisters. Let's take this song that we're about to sing and let's 
take the first two lines of this prayer and bring it before God. When we say, holy, 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 Jesus, I love you. When we pray this, we say, God, we put you in the highest place. You are our Father and we know you, but you are over all things and powerful and so good. We say, holy is your name. We do this by singing. It sets our hearts in alignment to be able to pray every last bit of the rest of the Lord's Prayer. So let's do this now. Every campus, would you stand and let's sing together, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We honor you, King Jesus. Hallowed be your name. Thank you, God. Amen, amen, amen. Everybody say amen. You guys can have a seat. So the next lines, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love these lines specifically. Let, let, let me illustrate something for you guys. So uh, in the McD house, there's a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. They're wonderful. We love them. Sometimes they will approach Allie, my wife, and I, and they will, and one of them, Gray or Lucy, will say, Hungry, want a snack? And typically what we say is, take yourself on into the other room and then come back and try again. And we wait until they say, May I have a snack, please? Now, the interesting thing about these lines of Jesus is he is teaching us to pray. When we see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. There's no may I and no please in that language. I wanna be really serious here for just a moment to tell you that God is giving us instruction about prayer and he's saying, I don't care that you waste any time trying to be nice about your request to me. It is time to put a demand on heaven. Jesus' sacrificial work on the cross was so powerful, it kicked a door of access open to us that is so broad that we can go in like little kids and say, God, there are broken things about the world right now and I have needs that are overwhelming me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. There's no please in that. There's no may I in that. I wonder, New Spring, if we have gotten just a little too polite with our prayer. It's time we shake some of that stuff off, y'all. God, evidently, is more ready to give than we are to ask. So, let's get some reframing happening in how we think about this. With these two lines, they work as petition engines, asking engines for us to begin to the farthest parts of the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that too. Catch that little line, your will be done. Jesus himself prayed that in the garden of Gethsemane. Here is God himself in human form saying, not my will, but yours. I submit and surrender to your higher purposes, God. That's what's hidden inside this, demand for change. But this is the thing. We get the opportunity now as saints in the kingdom of God to be able to look at the world and admit there are some broken things that are happening. God, I'm ready for you to bring your change into this situation and to do it right now. This is the kind of demand that we can put on God. And it goes all the way from that broad kind of circle all the way down into our immediate life to where we can say, give us this day our daily bread. 
and we take this prayer and we don't just, uh, the word daily in there is so significant because Jesus is saying, I'm ready for you to pray this Lord's Prayer every single day to take it into your everyday relationship with God and to give the Lord no rest and to lay hold of him yet again for the things that you need immediately. I'm talking about, does somebody need a new car in here? You got some broken down jalopy and you're like, what am I gonna do about this? And Jesus is like, why don't you ask me about it? It's too many times we get, we get caught up in thinking we have to purify our selfish motives in order to bring our request to God. Nothing could be further from the truth. God knows you better than you know yourself. Why don't you let him sort it out? And you just bring your honesty and your real, real to the king of kings. So, brothers and sisters, let's put this into practice. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you join me in prayer now? And what I want to do is I want to start from the top of this, this little tune that Jesus is playing for us here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's take this, take just a moment, and I want you to go into prayer and surrender your own agenda and your own ideas about how things should go in the world. Surrender that to God in just a moment of quiet right here, right now, just surrender to him. Tell him in your own words, your will be done. Now I want you to open up your spirit to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit right now. Open up your spiritual ears. And I want you to just think about everything you experienced this week and ask this question of yourself. What is broken on earth? What's not happening on earth that is happening in heaven right now? What is going sideways? What is evil? What is, what is awful in the world right now? What is wrong with it? and bring that to mind. And I want you to bring that before Jesus and in your own words pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wanna invite you to think of a name of a nation that's experiencing turmoil right now, somewhere in the world. Think about Ukraine, think about Russia, think about China, think about Mauritania, think about what nation is it that God is bringing to your mind right now? Lay a demand on heaven and invite the kingdom of God to come in that space. Earlier this week, we had a hurricane roll through and create some damage in Florida and in South Carolina. Even some of our own brothers and sisters in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Charleston, Hilton Head have been affected by this. Let's bring that to mind right now. God, some things have happened in a crazy way this week. We have some folks who have just, they've got some repair that needs to come into their lives. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, let's pray for our brothers and sisters. Let's lift up those who have been affected by this hurricane. you to think too, what, what's that thing that's really bothering you? The thing that you would be tempted to go on a rant 
on social media about? What is that, what is that thing that is just, just eating you alive on the inside that's wrong with the world right now? Let's let God have it. Let God have it right now. God, will you bring heaven to earth? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Tell him about it. And now, brothers and sisters, I want you to think, what is that thing on your heart, that thing you need, that daily bread kind of thing? What's that issue in your life, in your family, that you need God to act on today? I want you to bring that before God. Go ahead and just be honest with Him about it. Say, God, give us this day our daily bread. Will you fix this situation for me? Will you come into my life? Will you come and move in a miraculous way? Nothing is impossible with God. Go ahead and tell Him. What's that situation that you need Him to move in? y'all be honest tell him what that need is do you need some breakthrough in your job in your marriage in your kids what is that thing that you've just like you've been wanting but you've been too ashamed to maybe ask God for it tell him tell him right now your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread. And King Jesus, we know and believe your word that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So will you please give us more of yourself? If we have more of you, everything else is gonna fall into place. Bless us indeed, God, so that we might be a blessing. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. All right, y'all, let's look at the next section of teaching that Jesus gives us here. It says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If the first, if the section that we just got from, the yours, your, your kingdom come, your will be done, if that's all about petitions in the world, this one is about prayers, about spiritual warfare and in our internal life and the condition of our souls. So I wanna focus in specifically on forgive us our debts just for a second. Would you turn with me to Colossians chapter two, verses 13 through 15. I wanna give you some, uh, this verse to, to help put some color on what Jesus may be saying when, it, when he is instructing us to pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Let's look at Colossians here, what the apostle Paul says. Verse 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Each one of us, born in sin and committing sin, rack up a massive debt. There are legal demands along with it. God knows this. And because he is completely holy and will not break his own laws, because, because he loves us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This, this reality, this gospel reality of what actually happened on the cross when Jesus paid for all of our debt, 
when he paid for all that, it became real apparent to me when I was a senior in high school at a Young Life camp at Windy Gap, of all places. The guy's on stage, he's communicating the gospel, and he says this phrase, and it was like all of it became clear to me. He said, someone had to pay. Someone had to pay. And it was like I finally understood why Jesus went to the cross. It was like all of the debt, the guilt, everything that I racked up, just simply being a average Joe human sinner in the world. This is every single one of us. Every single one of us. Someone has to pay for that. Because the wages of sin is death. All of this evil that kind of resides on the inside of us, someone's gotta take care of it. Somebody's gotta pay the bill. And so Jesus comes along, sent by God, filled with all of his love and compassion for us, Jesus Christ stands before you today saying, I would like to pay. I would like to pay. Forgiveness is extremely difficult. And if any of you have been wounded or hurt deeply, you understand the kind of weight that that carries. You find yourself in these imaginary conversations with that person who wounded you and you're just like, you get in this dark downward spiral. And sometimes it can go all the way to the point of like creating depression and anxiety and all of these other mental health issues in your life. It is a massive, massive deal. The roots of bitterness, they end up entwining inside of us and creating such havoc in our life and relationships. It's hard for us to break free of it. When Jesus says, I would like to pay the bill, what he gives us is not just payment for our own debt, he drops into our account enough wealth to be able to pay off the debt of other people who have wounded us so that we might be able to, as Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other just as God in Christ forgave you. You and I do not have a, an inch of power to be able to forgive anyone in our own strength. It's impossible. And we all know it, right? It's impossible sometimes to forgive someone. That's why we need the, the miraculous work of the cross and all of Jesus' wealth to be able to give us the power to forgive people who have wounded us deeply. That's why Jesus says, pray then like this, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. He doesn't instruct us to do a thing he doesn't intend to provide the resources for. That's what he wants to do for us. So we'll do that in just a moment. Whenever we come to the table, we also pray prayers of protection. We pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I wanna make clear this word about temptation. James is clear that God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And so when we think about this lead us not into temptation, we're asking God, please be my leader and my guide and keep me free from trial, the things that I would step into in my own life because of my own bad choices. Guide me around and outside of that. And also, deliver us from evil. There is a real spiritual battle going on. And when we ask God to deliver us from evil, we pray that around our families, we pray that into our own lives every single day. What begins to happen is we feel the release of that pressure and the surrounding presence of God as he protects us on a daily basis. I wanna give you another word about forgiveness here, brothers and sisters, because it is a huge deal. From a pastoral perspective, most of the demonic influence I see on a daily basis in the lives of other people is the change that come on them when they refuse to forgive. When bitterness has taken root so deep in someone's heart because they just simply can't let it go, what happens is it's like the devil comes in to just treat their mind like a playground. What forgiveness does is it cleans the house and shuts the door because forgiveness is an operation of putting Jesus on the throne of your own life and acknowledging him as God. 
When I refuse to forgive, what I am saying is, Jesus, your sacrifice on the cross is not good enough. I get to be God. I get to judge. I say who's right and wrong, and I say who gets to pay. That's what unforgiveness does. It is following the pattern of Satan himself who wants to glorify himself above God. When we refuse to forgive, we follow that pattern and that path. The way of Christ is to say, Father, forgive them if they don't know what they're doing. This is why forgiving someone can bring the single greatest amount of sweeping freedom in your life that you have ever experienced. So let's put all this into practice. Would you, would you join me? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's move into a posture of prayer. I want you to put your hands out in front of you, palms up and open. In this moment of prayer, I want you to imagine in those hands all the guilt, all the shame that you feel, plus all the offense that has ever been done to you, they're heavy in your hands. Everything that, that, that you're carrying around with you. And in a moment of silent prayer, I want you to just simply say, God, I receive your forgiveness. I know you want to pay, and so I'm gonna let you. And would you let him fill you again with the knowledge of his forgiveness? Let it go. And in that same moment, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind any people or entities that have hurt or harmed you. And I want you to pray, God, since you have forgiven me, I now freely forgive these who have created such harm in my life. Take a few moments and do the work of this private forgiveness. Because Christ freely forgave you, you now have the power to forgive others. Whatever name came to mind. Look, you've got to call it wrong. Some of you are battling here. You're thinking, well, what they did to me wasn't that big a deal. So why, should, you know, I just, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Stop. If it hurts, you have to go get healing. If I go into the doctor and I don't acknowledge the broken ankle that I have, they can never heal it. So you have to call wrong what that person did to you. You have to say, God, this was wrong. But because you forgave me, I can forgive them. Speak that word of forgiveness over them and let it go, let it go. I wanna invite you now to speak a word of blessing over that person or those people. If you can begin to speak blessing, you can know that forgiveness has taken its full root. Father, I thank you so much for the gift of forgiveness. And King Jesus, we invite your power to help us do it. We're gonna need help to do this every day, God. And so will you teach us how to pray? And will you now lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? Will you surround us with your abiding protection and your abiding provision? Will you need your mercy, God, and your grace to walk with you? 
And we trust that you are going to surround us with favor like a shield. Lord, for our church, I pray this blessing that you would be to us a wall of fire all around in the glory in our midst. Will you help us, God? Help us to be a free people because we are a forgiven and a forgiving people. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. All right, y'all, here's the last part. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, if you're reading in the Sermon on the Mount, you'll notice that that part is not in there. It stops. Jesus' teaching on prayer uh, for the Lord's Prayer stops with, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so where did this come from? Uh, the, the earliest record of yours is the kingdom, power, glory forever being added to the Lord's Prayer comes from this document called the Didache, which is a Greek word that simply means teaching. So it was a, it was, think of it as the original connect class for the early church. It's, this is like, you know, they, they, the apostles had this, this document, this group of, this bit of teaching that they would use in order to give instruction to the early church. And when they give instruction about prayer, what they say is pray this prayer, pray the Lord's prayer. They go through the whole thing and then they add, for yours is the kingdom, power and the glory forever. Amen. And pray this three times a day is literally what it says. They want you to pray this, this prayer three times a day. That would have been part of the first you know, teaching on, on how to pray. And so when you think about this and you read the Sermon on the Mount, don't get, don't get you know, hung up on the fact that yours is the kingdom, power, glory forever isn't in there. It is deeply, deeply biblical. And it mirrors a prayer by King David from the Old Testament that I wanna share with you now. This is from 1 Chronicles 29, 11 through 13. This is a fantastic, wonderful prayer for King David. And I want I can just think Jesus channeling this and remembering this from King David and teaching his apostles, teaching the disciples. I want you to teach people how to pray this as a way of responding to God's goodness in prayer. So look, let's look at this. First Chronicles 29, 11 through 13. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand, in your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, O God, our God, and praise your glorious name. I love that prayer so much. It is a way to say, God, you are over all things. You have given us everything that we have. And now we say thank you and we praise you. That's a, what a wonderful way to close. That's what this, this, this closing sentence is on the Lord's Prayer that we pray so frequently. And I thought the way that we might practice it today is by responding the way that we typically have each one of these, these weeks in the Sermon on the Mount series. Every single week we have taken time to lean into God on, you know, with five different things, to respond to God in salvation, giving our lives to Christ, in prayer, in communion, in worship, and in giving. These five things, this is our way to be able to say yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This is our way to say, God, you are sovereign over all things. We are desperate for you and we are looking to you to meet all of our needs and to expand your kingdom in and through us. So let's practice this now. Everyone at every campus, would you stand? And in this moment, I'm gonna invite our ministry teams to come forward to help us prepare for this time. I wanna unpack each one of these five things in the, in the time that we have left to help make a connection here with yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
If you have never given your life to Christ, I'm gonna look at every New Spring campus. If you've never given your life to Christ before Jesus stands before you today saying, I would like to pay. Will you hand me your bill? And I just wanna say to you, aren't you tired of carrying around the burden of your own guilt? Aren't you ready to come and receive this gift of love from Jesus Christ? He waits for you. And so in just a moment, I wanna invite you to come forward, step out of your aisle to come forward. There will be crosses at the front of each room where we are. I want you to come and I want you to put your name on a card and I want you to pin it to the cross. This is what Jesus did for you. He canceled the record of debt by nailing it to the cross, gone. And in its place, you receive the full past, present and future forgiveness of Jesus Christ. When we respond here in a moment, will you just come forward and give your life to Jesus? And just simply pray something like this, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord and I believe in my heart that you are who you say you are, that you died on the cross and you rose from the grave. Here's my bill, will you please pay it and fill me with your spirit. In just a moment, you can respond and give your yours is the kingdom to Jesus in that way. Every single week, everyone, we pray. We come and we write down prayer requests on these cards. I wanna invite you to do that. I want you, some of you, you need to spend some moment with that prayer request at the altar and lay hold of God and say, God, I need you to move on this thing today, this week. Listen, each one of these prayer cards, our teams at every single campus pray over these. We have begun to see miraculous answers to these prayers. And when you're done with that prayer, I want you to take it over to the prayer station. Let somebody, let somebody receive that from you. Let somebody lay their hands on you. Do you need physical healing today? You may need someone to come and lay hands on you and just pray that God would heal you. And perhaps maybe today is the day when you will receive that healing. This is something Jesus would love to do for you today. When, the, when, we, when we have this moment of response here in just a second, don't just stand there. Come on and let's, let's do something different today, brothers and sisters. Let's not just let this be an ordinary Sunday. Jesus may want to touch you in some specific way through prayer. And as we take communion, every believer here in this room, everyone who has given their life to Christ, I wanna invite you today to take communion yet again and let it be brand new. Inside the Lord's Prayer are hidden the elements of communion. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said, my flesh is true food. Come and take of me. When we take communion, that bread is our way of, of saying, Jesus, I remember what you did for me. Come and fill me fresh again. And the juice, when we take that, this is the symbolic for, uh, taking in of the forgiveness of God. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Come and take communion and let God speak to you brand new. Weekly communion was the early practice of that church. It's an ancient practice. It's not anything new that we're doing here. I wanna invite you to let it be new. Open your ears to hear what word of encouragement God might have for you. And let's worship, let's sing. I've, too many times we come into church and just cross our arms and just stand there and let the band do it for us. Not today, New Spring. Let's go ahead and turn it loose and let all of the heavens know really what's down deep inside the core of our hearts. If God has done anything for you, if the cross of Christ is worth anything to you, go ahead and sing and turn it loose. And let's give you guys. Too many of you guys in the last, you know, through the pandemic, the, la the, the last couple of years, you lost faith in God's promises. But he, is, he promises that if you bring the tithe into the storehouse, you'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll have no, no more room for it all. Psalm 37, verse 19, it says, in a time of famine, the people of God have an abundance. Our world around us 
needs a generous church to be able to display the hope and glory of God. This is not about you. This is not about me. When we respond to God and giving, what we are doing is putting ourselves in the way of a miracle, not just for ourselves. We are blessed to be a blessing. Today is the day when you need to respond. You need to put your yours is the kingdom on that action right there. So brothers and sisters, let's pray and then let's respond. God, you are so good to us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We respond now. Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.